I thought that uh, I'd read you a few little stories about mothers and their children. One mother, I mean one daughter, spoke to her mother and said, uh, Mother, what is it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? The mother says, I don't know, dear, but you could ask your grandmother. (laughs) This one boy said that he bought, he said, I bought my mother a mug which says, Happy Mother's Day from the world's worst son. I forgot to mail it, but he said, I think she already knows. (laughs) This lady said, I have the perfect son. Another lady says, oh, does he smoke? She said, oh, no. Does he drink whiskey? She said, oh, no. Does he come in late at home at night? Oh, no. Well, you do have, sound like you have a perfect son. How old is he? Six months. (laughs) (laughs) And a kid asked his dad, he said, what is a man? The dad says, a man is someone who is responsible and cares for their family. The kid said, I hope one day I can be a man just like my mom. (laughs) (laughs) A little girl asked her mother, how did the human race appear? The mother said, God made Adam and Eve and they had children And so was all mankind made. A couple days later, she went to her dad and she said, Dad, how did the human race appear? He said, well, many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. The confused little girl uh returned to her mother and says, Mother said, how is it possible that you told me that the human race was created by God and Dad said that they developed from monkeys? She said, very simple, darling. She said, I told you about my side of the family. He told you about his side of the family. A little girl was watching her mother washing her dishes. And uh, she suddenly noticed that her mother had several strands of white hair sticking out in contrast to her brunette hair. She looks at her mother and inquisitively asks, Why are some of your hairs white, mother? The mother says, Well, every time that you do something wrong and make me cry are unhappy, one of my hair hairs turns white. The little girl thought for a few moments and she said, Well, Mother, how come all of Grandmama's hair is white? <laughs> one little boy, or a class was asked, and this was happened here, and one of our ladies was telling me this, She said that uh, the teacher asked the kindergarten class, why do you love your mother? 
One little girl says, I love her because she's kind and she's good. Another little boy said, I love her because she's always clean and she always makes over me. Then there was a little boy. He said, well, we're supposed to love our mothers. If we don't, she might leave. (laughs) Well, I thought that might be a good start for us today. Take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9. I'm going to speak on a lady today. I don't know if she was a mother or not. The Bible doesn't say that she was, but I believe she certainly displays the characteristics of a godly, godly woman. And we're going to look at her today. Her name is Dorcas. We have a Sunday school class named Dorcas. There's a lot of mission societies that have been named Dorcas that have helped the needy. And it all comes back from the very, very example of this lady found in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, we're going to read verse 36 through verse 43. Would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's holy word? Listen to what it The Bible says, At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydia was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Darkus had made while she was with them. But Peter put them out all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Can you believe this? Isn't that amazing? A lady that had died. But by the power of God, Peter brought her back to life. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed on the Lord. So that he stayed many days in Joppa. And Simon a tanner. Father in Jesus name. We are so grateful for. Biblical characters that we have studied for the last several, several, several weeks. But especially today as we think about 
a lady by the name of Dorcas. What a godly example she displayed. And for us to be able to reflect upon here today. We pray, dear Lord, that you will use her example to encourage, to challenge, and to convict. Father, we pray for your power. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon your servant here today. And that I might hide behind the cross and present, thus saith the Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. I'm amazed. As I look down through the years and I look in the Bible and I look even in our own contemporary society in the Christian world of how God uses different people. He uses them in different ways. He uses them by not only giving them special gifts and talents, but then to see of how they have surrendered and used them for the glory and for the honor of God. I'm grateful for that. But if we're not careful... We as believers, if we'll begin to feel a little discouraged and we'll think, my, I wished I had a voice like that, that I could sing like that. I wished I could speak like that. Or I wished I could do this and that. And if only if I could do those things, I could serve the Lord so much greater than I'm serving Him today. Well, my friend, I want you to understand, if you're not careful, Satan will move you in that particular way to discourage you that keeps you from being reminded that God created you to be exactly who you are. And that he has given you certain gifts that he hasn't given to others. And just because that it may not be a public gift that does not mean that it's not just as important of a gift. And so, as it's been said so many times, God is not only interested in your capability, He's interested in your availability. For you to become available to whatever that you could be used of. That God could use it for the glory and the honor of his precious name. Here's a lady by the name of Darkus. God used her in a remarkable way. And yet she was what you might would call a seamstress. She made clothing for the needy. She made tunics for the needy. And even though that she may not could sing like a bird, or she may not can speak as eloquent as a Peter or somebody like that. God placed her in the pages of these scriptures to remind us that no matter what God has placed in your life, He can use it 
in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. And so we want to look at this. We're going to be introduced to her. Her name is Tabitha or Dorcas. And as I began to read about her this past week, how my heart just began to overflow because I began to see some things about her that blessed my life and blessed my heart that I had never really noticed before in the Scriptures. Let me introduce you to her. First of all, I want to talk to you about her identity. Her identity. Acts chapter 9 verse 36 introduces this lady to us. And literally the Bible says at Joppa there was a certain, now listen to this, disciple named Tabitha. Which is translated Dorcas. Now, when you hear the word or the name Joppa or the name city uh, or the city's name Joppa, what do you think of? Jonah? Absolutely. That's exactly right. You go back to Jonah chapter 1 verse 3. That was the city that Jonah had fled to trying to get away from the, uh, the Lord's calling upon his life. And, of course, he could not get away from it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so this lady, we began to be identify, we began to identify her as a lady from Joppa. Now, there's a couple things about her identity that I want to uh, remind you. First of all, her personal identity. The Bible identifies her with two names. Did you notice that? It identified her with the name Tabitha and then Dorcas. Tabitha was her Aramaic name. It was the name that the Jews would respond and to call upon her by calling her Tabitha. Dorcas was, of course, was what the Greeks would speak of. It was a Greek name. And Dorcas was the name that the Greeks would speak to her and refer to her as Dorcas. By them too, addressing her, it begins to help you to be reminded that she was very, very special. Jews and Greeks as well. They looked to her and they began to recognize that this was a special Special lady. Oh, I believe she probably had the physical characteristics of a beautiful lady. But I believe even more than she had the characteristics of a beautiful lady, she had the characteristics of a spiritual lady. That the beauty on the inside just began to come forth to the outside. John MacArthur said something that I thought was very interesting when he said, when he spoke about Dorcas. John MacArthur says, Dorcas was certainly an appropriate model for what a Christian woman should be and that she was a New Testament example of Proverbs 31 woman. My, what a compliment. 
And I believe as you study her life, you began to recognize that as you take Proverbs 31 and see the beautiful descriptions of that, of that person, that it would describe Dorcas in the same fashion. Real beauty is not brown eyes and blonde hair. Real beauty, my friend, is the reflection of Christ that lives within that person's life. That's what real beauty is. Moms, I want you to understand that as your children look to you and they look and they respond to you, when you reflect the glory of Christ in your life, my friend, what you're doing, you're molding and shaping them in such a fashion that only God could do. And so here we began to notice something. I think Peter talked about what real beauty is about a woman. Oh, we put a lot of emphasis upon making sure that we're physically fit, making sure that we our hair is just right, making sure that our makeup is on and all that. Listen to what Peter said. When he says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, he says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. But he says, he goes on a step further, and he says, Rather let it be a hidden person of the heart with the end incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, I want to bring Peter up today. Is Peter telling uh, women that it's not necessary that you to wear uh, cosmetic makeup? That's not what he's saying. In fact, I think it's a sin for some that don't wear makeup. Uh, you should look your best. You should express your best. And so here, Peter was saying it's not wrong for a woman to wear makeup. But he is saying that that hidden beauty that is deep down in the heart is what really makes the beauty of that person. Dorcas was a person of inward beauty. On the inside, she bore the fruit of the Spirit, I believe. And by bearing that fruit of the Spirit, it was expressed so well before those that, who came in contact. Someone said that the outside is always a tattletale of what's on the inside. And that is so true. I think if you've got the real hidden beauty on the inside, it will show on the outside. But there was something graceful about Dorcas. Outwardly and inwardly. And so you see that personal identity. But let's go a step further and not only notice her personal identity, but her spiritual identity. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, 
verse 36, it displays her personal as well as her spiritual identity. He calls her a certain disciple. Now, isn't that amazing? When we think of disciples, we think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, Paul. We don't think of women. Did you realize that this is the only time in the New Testament that it describes a woman to be a disciple? A pupil, a follower of the Lord. And the writer of Acts was so careful in describing the personal identity of Dorcas by describing her as a disciple. In other words, she was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard about this story. And it was a true story, I understand. This man was writing to different uh, colleges and trying to get his daughter in to, uh, to be selected in one of the colleges that he was writing to. And this is what he said. She's not a great leader, but she is a great follower. The dean wrote back and he said, I want that young lady to come to our school. I've had 176 applicants and every one of them says they were great leaders. We're needing some followers here in this school. My friend, I want you to understand, when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, He wants you to be the follower. Follow His footsteps. The Bible reminds us, if any man come after me in Matthew chapter 16 verse 24, He says, let him deny himself and take up the cross. And what? Follow me. Follow me. And this is what Dorcas was. She was a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you follow the Lord Jesus Christ... What does that mean? That means that you're walking down the same road that the Lord Jesus is walking on. What does that mean? I believe that that means there will be a time and a place on that road. There will be a time that you have taken your life and you have consecrated it before the Lord in prayer. I believe it would be a time that you will come to the house of the Lord and worship Him. I believe it would be a time where you will share your faith with others. When you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you will do as He has done in front of you. Oh, my friend. Same road that we travel. Steps of a good man is ordered by God. We follow Him and we began to move. So, gracefully, she was a beautiful lady. Gracefully, she was a spiritual disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. She followed Him and she walked with Him and He rubbed off on her. And she became that great godly lady that we know of today. But let's go a step further. Not only do I want you to notice her identity, 
But you can't help not to recognize when you read this story about Dorcas of her charity. Of her charity. The, the, the thing that is best remembered about Dorcas was her acts of charity. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 9 verse 36, it says this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds which she did. That inward beauty, that outward beauty demonstrated in the works of being charitable to others. It was a compassionate act of charity. The word good works or speaks of her deeds. Acts chapter 9 verse 39, we get the hint of the acts of her charity. We consider that this one, that Peter had raised from the dead, people well knew her because of her love for people. Poverty was no stranger to people back during those days. Dorcas was a lady of means. I believe she was a wealthy lady. And by her means, she was charitable of helping those that were in need. And the Bible tells us that she would make coats and she would make tunics and she would make garments for those that were needy. She had a heart for those that was desperate. Here was a lady here, as you began to notice, that she was a lady that had pity upon those that had less means than she had. Jude says in John, and Jude chapter 1 verse 22, and some have compassion making a distinction. And that was exactly the way it was with Dorcas. Certainly, she made a difference because of the compassion she had for other people. And she not only had that compassion, but she showed that compassion to the needy. Pity is a feeling of understanding what that person is experiencing. She sees somebody that's in need, and there she would go, and she would rush to meet that need. Making clothes, feeding them, or whatever the situation may be. My friend, I believe with all my heart that we as believers need to have more compassion upon those that are in need than we have today. Everywhere we turn, how do you respond to a person that is down and out? How do you respond to a person that don't have near as much as you do? Do you pity that person to the point that you have compassion? Do you pity that person to a point that you do something about it? Dorcas did. 
It was a compassionate act of charity. But it was a consuming act of charity. Acts chapter 9 verse 36 says that she was full of good works and alms deeds. The word full literally means complete. The word used here is the same example as when the little boy had the the fish and the loaves and God took those few pieces of fish and few pieces of loaves and multiplied them and filled them. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 15 verse 37 and they did all eat and were filled and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Dorcas was a lady that was full, over abundantly full of good works. In other words, she not only had compassion upon her heart, but she had compassion upon her feet and her hands. She did something about it. And my friend, I want you to know that is so important today. How rare it is to find somebody that is so filled with an endeavor for the cause of Christ. I'm reminded of what Paul says. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. I'm reminded that here was a lady that her life was consumed with helping other people. Have you ever heard somebody says, all she ever talks about is this? All he ever does is this? In other words, his life is consumed of that very thing. My friend, that's the way Dorcas was. She was consumed of fulfilling the cause of Christ. She looked at her hands and she believed that her hands was the hands of Christ. She looked at her feet and she believed that her feet was the feet of Christ. She looked at her heart and she believed that her heart was the heart of Christ. And as she was helping those that were in need, that it was that Christ was doing it through her. Praise God. For a lady like Dorcas, who her charity with her compassionate acts, with her consuming acts, but her continual acts of charity. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 36, that which she did, she did continually. Day by day, week after week, year after year. It was not a one-time thing. It was an everyday occurrence. I love what John Wesley said one time. Listen to what he wrote. He says, do all the good you can. By all the means you can. In all the ways you can. In all the places you can. At all the times you can. To all the people you can. As long 
as ever you can. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. So we've looked at her identity. We've looked at her charity. But I want you to notice that she was not without adversity. I want you to notice the adversity that came into her life. Acts chapter 9, verse 37 says, But it happened in those days that she became sick and she died. Now, it does not disclose the nature of her sickness. But obviously it was very serious to the point of death. Warren Wiersbe said this about Dorcas. He said, it seems so tragic that a useful and beloved saint like Dorcas should die when she was so greatly needed by the church. This often happens in local churches. And it is a hard blow to take. And I can say an amen to that. In my 43 years of the ministry, I've had some precious men and women that God used in a mighty way, not only in the life of their church, but in my life as well. And it seemed like at the prime of their life, God took them out. And He took them home. I want you to know you just don't feel those shoes. You just don't feel them. And it becomes a hard blow to the pastor and to the church. Our church has experienced that. I can think of a number of men... Brother Bonnie Smith. Amen. Brother Al Tarkington. Amen. And I could go on and on and on and on. Brother Andy Jenkins. Men that bless my life. Godly men. But for some reason God chose to take them home. That's what he did with Dorcas here. You see that this sickness was permitted. It was permitted by God. Acts chapter 9 verse 37. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. I know without a shadow of doubt, God is sovereign. And nothing happens by accidental. And that God has a plan and a purpose for everything. Whether we think that it's good or bad. I referred to this a few moments ago. Psalms 37 verse 33. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I... Have heard it said before, and I say it again, not only the steps of a good man is ordered, but the stops of a good man is ordered by the Lord. 
whatever happens in my life. I know that God's will will be done. Good or bad. And here was a lady that in in a time and a period that the church needed her bad. But God so chose to take her. But this sickness was not only permitted by the Lord, it was profitable by the Lord. It says in Acts chapter 9, verse 37, Upon the death of Dorcas we read, Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper room. We see that they were began to prepare her body for burial. The Bible says they washed her body. But notice something. They did not anoint her body as you would normally would do with the death of an individual. And so therefore, they did not. It would have been a normal procedure if they had anointed her body for burial. Instead, they began to Make immediate preparations for the burial. And the Bible says they laid her body in the upper room. Now the reason why they did not immediately anoint her body is found in verse 38. It says, and since Lydia was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. They had heard about Peter healing and raising people from the dead. And they believed that if Peter would come, that she could be raised from the dead. We read in verse 40 and 41, listen to what the Bible says. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. Can you imagine being there? You talking about having one holy fit. They were jumping. They were praising. They were singing. They were shouting. They were honoring the Lord because the Lord had raised her. Look what the Bible says in verse 42. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. Many believed in the Lord. We don't know why God allows certain things to happen. But I am so fully convinced of Romans 8, 28, that all things work together 
to the good of them who love His appearing, His calling. Now, we don't know from the story or from the Scriptures what happened to Lydia, I mean, what happened to Dorcas after this. Don't know how long she lived. Don't know what happened. But we do know something. We know that the word got out. And the miracle that took place. People heard and believed. And many people came to know Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. Isn't that amazing? God not only uses individuals' lives to win people to the Lord, but He uses their death to the Lord. I've seen it so many times. A person has died and because of their faithfulness and because of their compassion and because of their lifestyle and legacy that they live, that they leave, I've seen it where others were touched by that and they came to know Christ as their Savior. Even through their death. It's the way it was with Dorcas. I ask you a question today. Wouldn't you like to be a lady like a Dorcas? Boy, I tell you. Men and women as well. Here was a lady that exemplified what it meant to be filled with the Spirit of God. And she not only spoke it, but she did it as she helped those that were in need. I challenge you today. Maybe there's some mothers, maybe there's some ladies, maybe there's some men needs to come and just allow the Lord to revisit the salvation of your life. And renew it for the glory of God. Oh, there's some precious Dorcases out there today. Christ wants to make you a Dorcas in a mighty, mighty way. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for reminding us today of such a beautiful lady. Lord, help us as individuals to be so concentrated with the desire of our heart to live for the glory of God that people could say that person is like a Dorcas. Lord, there might be some here today that's never trusted you. No doubt Without question, there was a time and a place Dorcas came to know you. And it changed her life. 
And Lord, she was never the same. I pray if there's one here today that does not know you, that today they will receive Christ as their Savior. Others may come and come in such a manner of renewing that relationship with you. Others may come, unite with our church by letter, by baptism, by statement. Have thy own will and way. In Jesus we pray.